Welcome back everyone to On Campus with Miss T. I'm your host, Miss T. And I'm your co-host, David. And today we are here with Greg and Carla. <laughs> and we're going to be talking to them about how they started their business and their experience with that. So to start off, do you want to just tell us a bit about, like, I guess, kind of just like a brief summary of your experience with you want you start? Yeah. There you go. <laughs> okay, I'll go first. Uh, high school, sold Cutco knives. Mm-hmm. You guys know Cutco? Yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, it's like the door-to-door sales. Door-to-door sales. Right, yeah. That was really fun. Um, and then didn't really do anything until after college. I worked in an investment firm, and one of my bosses decided to start a wireless TV-like uh, device. Super cool. It could stream HD audio video direct, like before any other places were doing it. Oh. And so I helped in sales with that for a couple years. Um, How long ago was that? That was probably like 2011 through 13. Hmm. So we went around to like different like media events. We were targeting the security market, um, which actually is great. And now the company weirdly is in China selling surveillance. <laughs> so uh, yeah, good they found a client. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and then um, also around then we, we had a uh, essay editing company and basically targeted admissions uh, clients, like students oh. going to college or grad school mm-hmm. who needed help. Yeah, like consulting and editing. Nice. That one did okay, but um, we discovered quickly that the real money in that business, and there is real money, isn't actually just plagiarizing and writing for kids. Yeah, there's a lot of things like yeah. that. I don't know if you've seen like on Instagram, like I like ads. That for- <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we got solicited by um, students at some really top schools. Oh wow! Like, hey, I'll give you five hundred bucks. Just got to finish last week. Like UPenn, like some top schools are trying to ask us to write things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we were kind of like, eh. And my writers didn't want to do it anyway, so okay. yeah. it's like an integrity thing. Yeah. Um, what else? Really? Huh. Well, yeah, I wouldn't want to write someone else's essay for them. Is, is that illegal though? Like, if it's not yes. legal, if it's not illegal, then I'm like, who cares? It's like, plagiarism. It's, it's plagiarism. It is. Yeah. Uh-huh. So yeah, but I, I'm actually more speaking to David's point. I kind of feel like it's a service and it's a free country, so mm-hmm. you know like to deny someone a service because I think it's like, I don't know, again, some academic things to teach you yeah. once. <laughs> so I kind of, I feel it also, um, but when I, I kind of talked to the whole team mm-hmm. and the vote was like 80% no. Yeah. But I was kind of in the ambiguous category yeah. also about whether. Um, well, I don't think there's like legal repercussions, is there? I should just clean house mm-hmm. and got some and other right. <laughs> there, there might be. There might be. Yeah. Really? So I'm like, I think they would just get kicked out of the school if the school find out would find <clears throat> found out. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's uh, yeah, we, we talk. It's a wild game out there. It's, <laughs> it's, I mean, floors of people in like. I wouldn't feel comfortable with it though. Yeah. Anyway, so that's my. Uh, <laughs> that's your pre-tectonic. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think that's. And then I guess just recently you were doing some stuff, but yeah, yeah. Mine. I had, I was telling Greg earlier that I had an experience really young when I was in elementary school. That was like my first, my first entrepreneurship experience. And I was making paper airplanes and selling them to these. (laughs) (laughs) And then um, 
Then this other classmate, Stephen Chang, decided to make better paper airplanes Competition. for free. Welcome to capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, but he did it for free, though. And then that, and then the teacher found out, and then the teacher shut the whole thing down. I mean, my plan was <laughs> like to go to run in a trench coat, like you want to waste airplanes. So I was going to ask Stephen to make them, and then I'd give him a cut because his were yes. better. Oh. But then the, the teacher said we couldn't. I, I think she said something about we couldn't be making money on school grounds or something like that. I don't know. What is that a thing? Yeah. Yeah. Schools just take money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, they but freaking force the kids to sell their chocolates on the campus. Right? Why oh, that's can you true. sell your paper airplane? Yeah. Oh, that's true. That's <laughs> yeah. so funny. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, she shut me down. That's mm. great. I, but I remember, like, in over there in L.A., like, there was always at least one kid selling, like, he had a duffel bag full of Chips candies. And candies. Like, all sorts of Mexican sodas. candies. Yeah, yeah. sodas. Yeah, like, like, damn, that's good. Or sometimes they have student stores on the campus. Yeah. Where, like, they sell, like, the ramen noodles and, like, chips and stuff. Yes. Yeah, and And it's a school. Yeah, I think they would only allow it if it was with the school, which is... That's dumb. They want competition. Yeah. So... That was my... Needed the trench coat. (laughs) (laughs) That was my early experience. After that, I I don't think that I went too much into entrepreneurship Hmm. until now. Nice. What do you do now? So now we own Tectonic CrossFit. And we started that in 2017. 2017. Or end of 2016, technically. September 2016? Yeah, September 2016. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. And it's a gym, right? Yeah, it's a CrossFit gym. Mm-hmm. CrossFit gym. The box. The box. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know about that. It's down in there. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was and that was our probably our first like big. Like, I'm doing it full time. I don't have like an like, another job right now. Yeah. So that that was our first because everything else sort of side hustle. Mm-hmm. This is also kind of side, but it's taking up one of our it's lives. Not side. <laughs> uh, yeah. Not side. Yeah. I don't think it's yeah. side if full you're time. Yeah, full time. <laughs> side hustle for Carla. Yeah. <laughs> My side hustle is your full hustle. <laughs> Actually, yeah, like Carla, photos, events. Like all the stuff she helps with, mm-hmm. so it is sort of a. It's like one and a half of us are working there. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and then we we do it with another couple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just Gabriel and Angel, their owners also. Yeah. How did you get started with it? Uh, Gabriel and I are friends from college. He is the head coach, and if you think about like you start a restaurant, like the head chef, like he's mm-hmm. he's got all the knowledge and the content and understands the day to day operations of the business. And he's just a savagely smart, like work, hardworking guy that I've known for a while. Um, and I've always been like, "Yo, start your gym. You're awesome. Start your gym." This is back like 2012. <laughs> okay. Um, where you know you're at work and you're g chatting with your friends all day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we just <laughs> not all of us were doing that, but yeah, <laughs> like, sure. Yeah. <laughs> and so we did a. Then I went to grad school for business. I spent a semester just studying the CrossFit game. And that's where we um, met. We met, yeah, we met there. Um, interviewed like a hundred box owners on everything from like the prices they charge, how many members they got, mm-hmm. what equipment they used, like all this stuff. And then we, and then we picked a region, and then interviewed a whole bunch of people here. And one of those people we interviewed had an extra box, and they were like, "We don't want any more. You want to buy?" <laughs> 
and that was a lot cheaper than a build out. So, mm-hmm. and that was really key because that that's not what the original plan was. We mm-hmm. weren't originally planning on buying an existing gym. We were going to start with a boot camp and build mm-hmm. enough of a following to then open up one. Mm-hmm. But because these guys came here and they did a lot of the research and they were talking to the owner so they they got a little bit more familiar with the yeah. mm-hmm. with the region before we moved here because we were living in Texas and then the, the other couple was living in New York so because they they actually came here and did that research we were able to kind of jump start and skip over that first phase that we yeah. originally thought that we would have to do hmm. right, so That's it was a good cool. good deal then yeah right oh yeah for yeah, that was awesome. Because there were other costs later that went way over. And if we hadn't saved the money from the build-out, yeah, it was gotcha. just, yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's uh, running that. We're in year three now. Rounding out year three. Um, got about 100 members now. Nice. Starting oh, wow. about 20. And we're kind of at the point where it's, so if you think about like businesses, right? There's like the primordial, hey, this is gonna live thing, you know? It's like the <laughs> lizard coming out of the egg. Is it gonna eat my bird right away? Or yeah. Is it gonna like eat some other stuff? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then you're kind of like in this, okay, we're alive and we can pay rent and coaches and miscellaneous, you know, buy a sandwich once a week or something. Um, so we're kind of there. I got you. And then I think, right? And then the next, now it's like, okay, do we wanna, Take it prof- Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it going to be a growth story, like more channels of revenue? And, you know, just we keep squeezing ourselves, keep prices low and like and keep margins low. Or do we um, think, you know what, this is a good size where we can start doing more like operational efficiencies, focus more on advanced things like inventory management or marketing, bits, like more intelligently. And then you squeeze more profit out of the existing revenue base. Mm-hmm. And then it's just like it's a cool boutique mom and pop like almost like a lifestyle business or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you need to squeeze more money out of it because right now, like Carla's the, the main breadwinner mm-hmm. and we're, and Tectonic pays a little bit, but it's... Um, I'm sure it costs more in just like operations than costs, you being it, able to pay yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Um, which is cool. Like the biggest costs are labor, rent, <laughs> Yeah, labor and rent. That's, that's pretty much everything. <laughs> rent, rent by far, though, right? Or is it? Uh, it's coming up now. Labor is coming up. Yeah, yeah. Rent and, yeah. 80% of all costs are like rent and labor. Um, so, which is cool because it's like, it's human to human. Yeah. yeah. There's people everywhere. Um, a lot of the a lot of the asset is like in the culture and in the, and in the, the staff and the coaches. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's sort of, yeah, it's like a living... It's not super techy. It's like old school business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then your first steps were before you even started any business, right? Just doing mm-hmm. the research and going to like. Yeah. How many years was that? That was a long hands. time because you started talking to Gabriel. What? 20. You said 2012. Converse. No. Yeah. Before that. Because Gabriel. Yeah. Like when I see people really crush, mm-hmm. I don't know why I like want to work with them and like do business <laughs> and Gabriel was crushing. Like, he became the head coach of a 450-member gym in New York City, mm-hmm. and then they built a program separately around him. People were paying like 250 
on top of their CrossFit membership just to be, just to be in his class. That's Damn. crazy. Like, cr yeah, like crazy, like competitive, like they're very, but he did, it was very individual, was two workouts a day, like individual analysis. And these people were like psychopaths. <laughs> so, I like, so I see that, I'm like, oh man, you start your own gym, you should do it. And that was five years before we started. Okay. And they did some research and then nothing happened for a couple of years. I went, we all went to work and graduated. And then, um, what made you like finally take that step to actually starting like it? Final, yeah, yeah like actually, yeah, that leap of faith. Um, it was we, kind of Gabriel Angela, wasn't it? We were in Houston. I, I don't know. I don't know about that side. Yeah. On our side, we were in Houston, and I was going to open up a doggy daycare with mm -hmm. with a couple of friends in Houston. And I had been doing a lot of research. We were looking for our, our location. I'd put together, I, we had a logo, we had a bunch of stuff. We'd gotten our our name in, um, I don't know if trademark. it registered. Yeah, yeah. Reg I don't know if it was trademarked yet. There's one that comes before the other, I can't remember. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so we, we'd gotten all of that done. Um, and we were just kind of looking for a place and deciding between the two of us, like, would it be okay to stay on one income for a while until mm -hmm. we got, um, till we got until a, the a side business. Money. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that was going to be doggy daycare. And then some months into it, I don't know what was happening on that side with the CrossFit thing, but we, we started talking about shifting mm -hmm. and instead of doing the doggy daycare, doing a CrossFit gym. Mm -hmm. And instead of staying in Houston, moving to the Northwest. So it's kind of like a sudden. Yeah, it's kind of like a big old. <laughs> yeah, it's a big shift. <laughs> yeah, but we were already thinking in, along those lines of moving into like one of us doing a business. Mm -hmm. So we had already been talking about that mm -hmm. for a while. And then we, I think, why, why did we decide to do it? It was Gabriel. Why did we decide to do it? No, Gabriel. Because, yeah, so, talk like... To it. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, these guys. <laughs> talk to you no. Humans are much easier to handle. <laughs> no, I think it was... Uh, the other way around. <laughs> I, well, I remember we were talking about it, and there, were, there was no one in your crew who had successfully run a doggy daycare before. Mm -hmm. That's true. And I knew Gabriel, his owner, and their accountant, and we were, like, deep. So it's like... I think if, if there was someone who was like, hey, I ran a, I ran a New York's second largest doggy daycare. Yeah. yeah mm -hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. You know, we would have been, okay, let's go doggy daycare. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it was just like, it was just timing and luck. And that, that was for me too. Like, I'm, I've am i always had that itch since I was a kid to be entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. But I was, I was always either too, like, too scared or insecure or too focused on grades and sports. Like, all this stuff, like, I wish I didn't focus on. Instead, I just start <laughs> business. Like, in high school, it'd be awesome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but now that I'm into business, I, I need like a, or I think any business guy needs someone who actually knows something. Because business yeah. guys like, it's like business stuff. It's like operations, working capital, uh, taxes. It's a lot of know, technical stuff. Like, like, yeah, a lot of yeah. Words you don't know, yeah, and like yeah. processes that you don't know about. So if you're selling like pancakes, it's like, dang, you need someone who knows to make <laughs> good pancakes. Yeah, exactly. As a business guy, I might be terrible at it. Yeah. I think if you're lucky, you can do both. Like, mm-hmm. You know, if you're a podcast person and you like numbers, so it's like uh, you're doing both. I wish. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think it was kind of random. Not random, but it was just the better 
It was good timing. Yeah, we Jaylee. were already in that kind of headspace, mm-hmm. and then Gabriel was a, an expert in what he was doing. And then he felt ready to do his own thing. Yeah. Nice. And we were ready yeah. to branch out too. Okay. So yeah. kind of worked out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like that's probably the thing that like keeps people from doing things often. It's like they're too scared to make that first step. So I just wanted to see what. Yeah, oh, or you don't even know what to do, do sometimes. Yeah. Like, what do I do? Like, I don't know. I know what I want to do, but then, like, what do I do? Like, I yeah, know. it's tough, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Especially if everyone around you has, has not walked that path before. Yeah, yeah. and, and like, that's that's part of the reason I wanted to do that, because I feel like a lot of people don't, they either don't know anyone that has ever done that, or a lot of people, if they do know that person, they don't really ever talk about it yeah. <laughs> for whatever reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We don't talk that much. <laughs> you need to talk about it. We're talking about, yeah. <laughs> no, but it's such. This is such a huge service. I really think there's so many people out there who could could be contributing to like the economy in which we live, in which mm-hmm. I live. So like, there'll be more things offered up to me if only they would get out and like do that thing. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of good ideas out there, but no one, everyone just hits on them. Kind of. Yeah. Thing. yeah. yeah. And there's ne- I mean, really, there's never been a better time like in history to do yeah. that thing. Yeah. Yeah. Internet social media it's pretty easy now it's oh yeah it's so good to connect to people or to even just get your own information do your own research and stuff Mm -hmm. yeah it's exciting out there yeah (laughs) it's tough though i mean it's tough to make that yeah it's competitive and if you when you decide to do that you have to decide whether you're going to do it on the side or you're going to go full-time like we're lucky Mm -hmm. that because we partnered together that one person can go and do something without yeah. having income. True. Whereas, like, if you're on your own, it's probably not Way likely higher. that you'd be able to do that. Maybe if you can lean on your family or if you can lean on other yeah. people to be able to do that. But not everybody has that. Yeah. So I think for a lot of people, I mean, even for us, it, it was a lot of research on the front end. But I think for somebody who's doing or who's trying to do it on their own, I think it's a lot on top of the research. It's the hu- the side hustle for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what yeah. it has to be if you're on your own. Yeah, I think yeah. So. How did you guys get funding at first? Was it like your savings? Was it bank loans? Family, uh, loans? family and friends. Nice. Yeah, like 100. Mm-hmm. percent I don't. Yeah, we've done a little bit of financing, just like personal, but we've done some really. loans and stuff and paid those back. And we have a credit line now that we use a little bit, but yeah, friends and family, and then that's all it took to kind of start. Nice, that was nice. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's yeah. I think that's a, that's a good question actually, because depending on your ambitions, the capital will be more or less important. So, like yeah, some like good side hustle on Instagram, mm-hmm. you know, slang and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, that will require less capital, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you want to do something, I don't know, sell real estate or do some financial stuff, you got to do all this like licensing and paperwork. Yeah. Like I think a brokerage is a hundred thousand just in paperwork, and then you can Dang. start. And once that's out of the way, then rent your office and hire people. Like. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think friends and family is a great channel, especially when you're in super high risk territory, and then. Um, Bank loans usually don't work for startups because banks only loan to people who don't need money. So that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people that are already financially stable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, then bootstrapping it, I think, is really smart. 
and then yeah, then there are other there are other loan options like uh, like you can find angel investors and stuff like that, which also can be great if they're smart because they've they've walked the path. So now you get money and someone who's like like yeah, a mentor, like a mentor, yeah. Okay. So an angel investor is just someone that would want to put money into your business. like actually uh, believes in your thing and, and believe yeah, really especially that part and mentor it. Because if you think about like those like friends and families here, right? They're like the best because they'll take insane risk. Yeah, like, <laughs> they love you. And they're yeah. like, <laughs> if you're lucky enough to have that, yeah, yeah I would yeah. say yes. Yeah. I don't enough. think I have anyone in my family that would have money, even if they do love me so much. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that's that's real. would have that. So if you don't have as much there, or it's like tough to collect ten dollars from like a thousand people, then you go angel route, which is the next riskiest, and that's great place to be. It's usually like smaller, younger entrepreneurs who they love the entrepreneur game and they're also very risky and not as like dialed in on returns. And then you get then above them is like venture capitalists and they're much more like yeah, um, they'll try and get money. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That's pressure. How do, so, you, how do you find an angel investor? Uh, you can go to it's a lot of networking, but like universities, startup weekends, like what you guys did. Mm -hmm. I was gonna say, yeah, was gonna, that's a good way to even learn about all this too. Yeah, yeah. Angels go to those things. There, there's angel list. Angels list is like, actually, they list a bunch of deals there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's tons of every every city's yeah, got local. Yeah, if you check out like local. <clears throat> yeah. Local groups. Cool, I never heard that yeah. term, angel. Yeah, I was like, wait, yeah. what, what's an angel? <laughs> it makes sense, the name, like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. You may see you. <laughs> what else? Yeah, tons. I think you'll find more in, like, Boston. Austin's coming up. Seattle and uh, the Bay. But they're everywhere. I mean, mm -hmm. everywhere. Even right here, probably, you can find someone. But it, it is a good idea, like you said, to go to like a startup weekend or something like that to kind of see what others are doing and see what mm -hmm. what quality their presentations are at yeah. because you want to make sure that you're pretty buttoned up when you're trying to pitch something to towards to someone somebody investor, else. Yeah, yeah. To give, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Nose, yeah. Especially if you've never done anything like that and no one that you know has ever done anything like that. Mm -hmm. You don't have a network at all. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Yeah. And it's, I, th I don't know, I think the biggest thing about and I'm still transitioning. I'm like a baby entrepreneur. Like, <laughs> we're three years in, I'm 37. And I wish I started when I was 17, but I'm like, I feel like I'm super late. I'm just like learning how to become myself now. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a big piece when you're just starting. I think why a lot of people don't start is because they don't have the, the patterns and habits and tools like ingrained in them since they're five years old to like interact in things like this, like the startup weekend. Networking. Yeah. So networking yeah. and like, but if you think about the real world, like that's where all the innovation, that's where the data is made. Mm -hmm. That's where like the, the decision makers talk about their ideas and make the decisions. And then two years later, some academic book's gonna write about it. So you're to be at the forefront of like what's happening, like you gotta talk to people who are making things happen. Yeah. And then knowing like, yeah, I mean you're right there with the journalists, they're they're getting the first time first thing too. So Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. It's weird because I always heard like that term networking, like yeah. a little bit in high school, but then when you get to college yeah, or like a university, right? Not really in community college. I didn't really hear about it in community college. But when I got to university, it was like, oh, like that's one of the benefits of coming to university is like the networking. And I was like, 
Okay, <laughs> like, what for? like, why do I need to meet people? Like, I don't want to know anybody. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's so true. <laughs> but, like, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't get it. Like, I didn't really understand it. I was like, I don't need to meet people. I can do it on my own. Like, I don't, like I'm a very, like, antisocial person. Like, I don't really like making friends, right? So I was like, nah, I'm good. Like, <laughs> I don't need to talk to anybody. <laughs> and then we went to the startup weekend, and I was like, oh, now I get it. <laughs> Yeah, because you met a couple people there. Yeah. I was like, oh, I I see the budget now. I wish they had actually explained that to me before. (laughs) You know why they don't explain it? I want to keep it a secret. (laughs) Yeah. Well, no, it's it's because there's there's a conflict of narrative if schools tell you that everything about this place is who you know. And in 10 years from now, they'll be your startup friend. But you got to hang out and party with them now. (laughs) But the flip side, when they got you to pay all the money to go to school was it's about learning and building the skill sets and knowledge that you can be an effective worker afterwards Mm -hmm. so that those are those are two conflicting like stories yeah that's why I didn't connect the dots because I was like okay networking so that when I go to a job interview like that person went to my university too like what for like yeah, like I should be weird, getting right? the job because I'm doing a like yeah, a good at the interview. The like, why does it matter if I know? Who you know. <laughs> yeah, I was like that doesn't make any sense. But yeah, it's, now that I've like kind of been introduced yeah. to that other world, that other side of the coin or whatever, I'm like, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, and then like, like one thing she always said, like, don't burn bridges. You go, yeah, that makes sense. Like, yeah, I always tell him, like, <laughs> I don't know why. Like for me, it's just kind of like a like a backup like a security net type of yeah. thing where like I never burn bridges so like even if I quit a job like I'll give everybody thank you notes and like gift cards and like oh you helped me so much and like keep in touch and blah 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 even though I don't like talking to people but like I make sure just in case like if I ever need a job over there again like they'll remember me or they'll be like oh yeah she was so oh, yeah, nice yeah she gave us a five dollar and I always card. tell him that <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. <that's real. laughs> and I would always tell him that and be like nah who cares screw them blah yeah. blah blah and I'm like no, it's even like. No, but no, I got yeah. I was like, cause, yeah, I don't know if like if I got like fired or something, or I don't know. Let's say I quit. Like, I'm like ah, two weeks. Like screw that. Like if I hate someplace, I'm just gonna leave. You know, I'm like nah. I guess I gotta give them the two weeks just in case. Like yeah, if this place doesn't work out. Like oh, I want to come back. You know. <laughs> yeah, so like real. I'll go back to where we where I worked at in California to that school and just like to go visit and like see the teachers and stuff and they're always telling me like oh if you ever move back like let us know and we'll figure something out and I'm like okay <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like you see if this fails like I can go back <laughs> and they know people still <laughs> yeah or maybe a year later like your VP was your boss quits mm-hmm. and moves another place yeah. and they're like hey I got a spot here yeah or I'm starting a new company or and it's getting worse like the like tech and the internet mm-hmm. is making the connections and word of mouth more paramount than it was when we were younger. Because now like there's monster.com, right? Yeah. And there's all these algorithms and there are all these interview tools. So mm-hmm. it's like and on the volume of and the volume is so yeah. high. Yeah. So it's like it doesn't matter really even your skill sets don't matter that much. Because I mean the schools teach memorization and regurgitation. And now this can regurgitate any answer. Yeah. Any, so it's like the whole <laughs> the whole model it doesn't make sense. Yeah. You know, like you have to solve problems and like do complex things. So there's a level of competence you got to be able to like find those. If you don't know it, like let's say, oh, this job requires Excel. But like oh, I can figure that out on the job. Yeah. Google you know, <laughs> like search. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I think it's so weird. Even like for me at work, like we use like a lot of software programs just to like 
collect data from the students and stuff like enter observations and like kind of track their development and stuff. And a lot of the teachers like like they're requesting all of these trainings and extra trainings and more trainings on how to use that software. And like they're always emailing like, how do we do this and how do we do that? And I'm like, it's so easy. Like just click the button. Or just Google it. Have that, um, what is it like that? Mentality. To be able to figure it on their own. Like, yeah. Mm, like the solution mentality. Yeah. Like that's what they taught us in the, because I didn't go to college, but I went to the coding boot camp. And uh-huh. like they pretty much taught, like we're teaching you how to learn. So you could yeah. go to Google and literally it on your own. figure it out. Because yeah. like, that's wow. what literally, that's what development yeah. is. Like that's the joke. Like, oh, just Google it. Just you know, <laughs> how to figure it out, you know? What? But, I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> and that's I'm a developer. Another thing that like, I feel like, like you said, for like traditional education, they just teach you like memorization and regurgitation. And that's how I was too. And then once I met him, it was him like, like, he'd be like, I don't know how to do this. Like, I have to call someone that would know how to do this. And he'd be like, no, just Google it. He'd be like, you can but do I've, that. But I've always done that. Like, that's <laughs> how I got into computers. Like, I just, I was just exploring, right? Like, I kind of learned how to do things on the computer or just, like, random YouTube. Just, I don't know, Googling things. That's why I, I, yeah. I, I, never, yeah. I, I never really yeah. get stuck on anything. Like, if, like, someone says, like, oh, this program is doing something weird, I go, oh, see how to figure it out, you know? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That's that's, that's the learning. one good thing. Yeah. I never, I like, I don't, <laughs> like, that's not how my brain works so like if I'm stuck on something I like always ask him I'm like David the computer's like doing something <laughs> weird like fix it and then he's like just google it and I'm like <laughs> yeah I tell what you what do you mean or she'll say like oh what's uh, what were you asking like how do I find this one song or like or she was ta- she wanted to find a food and she's like, well, what, what, what kind of food? He's like, oh, it's in a can. It's like milky cheese. Oh, yeah. It's like Armenian cheese. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah like, like, oh, just, like, this is it. And there it is. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Milky yeah. cheese. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's crazy. But I like, I feel like that is starting to change. But nice. for like schools, I feel like it's going to take a long time. Like everything is like so slow. It takes like 10 years, everything <laughs> within <up>. like the <laughs> public school system. Yeah. But at least for preschool, I think that's like what we do now. Cause a lot of the stuff mm. it's like focusing on problem solving and like having them oh, like good. develop self-awareness and stuff. So for preschool, I think it's fine, but K through 12, I think it's going to take a long time. Yeah, they before they catch up. They're going to go back to preschool. Yeah. <laughs> I always, like, I always tell him, like, I'll see people and then, like, like, I can, like, I always make that comment where I'm like, they didn't have a good preschool teacher. got <laughs> 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 to start again, huh? That's yeah. funny. That's, yeah, that's a good point, though. I mean, it really is about that. I think I was, like, I was trained to not learn. And it takes a, yeah. a lot to train a kid not to learn. Mm-hmm. It takes years of schooling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. 12, 12 years, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah Wait, no, like 13 years if you do kindergarten. Hated school. 14 yeah. years if you do preschool. And it depends how long you do preschool for. Mm-hmm. It's usually one year. No. Right? Well, you can start depends. them at three years oh, old. Oh, because it'd be like a daycare preschool. Yeah. Thing. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Like from okay. my work, they can start as early as three. So they'll stay, they'll just keep coming until they turn five and then they can go to kindergarten yeah but yeah so depending on your schooling that's like between 12 and 15 years of school (laughs) and then you go to college or university where it's similar oof well that gets even yeah yeah that was i think yeah i think for folks who want to become entrepreneurs that transition like like the healing process from the 
like authority from them stamping out all yeah. their creativity <laughs> it's like even to this day i feel like there's an answer to things when there isn't there's mm -hmm. just a bunch of bets you can make and you're going to pick one of them and the other 100 you'll never know the answer Mm -hmm. And every bet you take is probably going to be between 10 and 50% chance of winning. And I think that's why kids, that's why I like video games so much. Like, <laughs> I mean, how many times in Apex you get just, or any game like that, right? Mm -hmm. The failure rate's like 95%. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, all the kids just want to fail like crazy in a video game. But not in real life. But in real life, they're <laughs> petrified. Yeah. So, yeah. Why? <laughs> like, it's, like, imagine all this energy and like that fervor where like, I just want to do it again, again, again. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's a very natural human thing that is only safe in video game land. Because mm -hmm. if you're like, you know, I mean, it makes sense though, you're in a class, you can't the do your own thing. The, the, yeah, they have yeah. a different risk. The it's risk like you're behind a screen and it's just a game at the end of the day, right? Whereas yeah. life is like, oh, I'm going to start this business and I could lose all my savings or. Yes. I could be yeah, homeless. Yeah. yeah. Could so die. that's the scary part, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah. But that's, that's one of the things that we do in preschool too, is teach them how to fail. <laughs> and how to oh, be okay nice. with failing and how to keep trying if yeah. they fail. Persistence. That makes sense. Persistence. That's oh, what we gosh. call it, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> I need to go to your class. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to try to incorporate entrepreneurship now, too, now that I'm, like, aware of it. I was going to try to reach out to Leo and see if he would want to do, like, some kind of presentation and, like, all, yeah. like, set it up to be preschool appropriate. But Barney style. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so... I've, I've, I actually strongly believe that teaching kids poker, like with real money, as early as possible, is the best way for them to understand like decision making and risk reward. Because mm -hmm. that makes sense, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> and you even see it in today's society. Like, what's that book, Thinking in Bets? Uh -huh. yeah. uh, the author brings up the fact that everyone was like, "How could Trump win? There was only forty percent chance he'll win, right?" And the book brings up forty percent happens a lot. Like, if you have a 40% chance your startup's going to make it... That's pretty good. That's, that's pretty good. good. That's pretty good odds. Yeah. I'll take those I'm odds. putting my entire time in it. I mean, it's like, no one gets 40%. But that's because we all came from a system where things are either 0 or 100%. It's mm -hmm. like either... And like a, a B- minus is what, 80% or something? Like, I mean, yeah. 80s, yeah. yeah. 80s? Low 80s, yeah. 80s is amazing. 80s is crushed. 80s is overprepared in the real world. 80s is like you need to stop working and just ship that thing because <laughs> so I think that's a disconnect it's yeah, just yeah, go it's on Facebook. Disconnect, yeah. yeah and then also like you've always been taught like you go to school and that's like surefire route to success like mm. there is no risk really yeah and like you just go to school you get a job like that's that's how it works like yeah. for sure <laughs> you're getting a job but that's not really the case anymore mm -hmm. either yeah. so yeah, even just going to school that's that's a risk now too <laughs> yeah with the loans i would say yeah mm -hmm. that is true yeah i have like, a lot of friends that have like their masters and they still haven't found jobs and it's been like years oh even in this tough. economy huh mm -hmm. it's tough that's tough, man. Yeah, it depends on, I guess it depends on what you go for. That's like, mm -hmm. like I, I wouldn't tell someone not to go to school, but I'd say like, get like, yeah, it depends get on what a you're computer science for. degree, because like, that's the future, you know, that's. Yeah, exactly. Or, I don't know. Do something that you're interested in. Yeah, but yeah, that's the thing, everyone, that, yeah. That, and that you think will pay. So not just your interest, but like, yeah. what what's the financials look that's like That's a mistake after. I made. <laughs> This is interesting to me. I love teaching. Yeah, see, like, see, for me, it's different. Like, I tell people, like, I'm like, like, because it's like they want that dream job. I was like, I was like, that dream job doesn't exist. Like, it exists to a certain extent. 
Yeah. Uh, like, go for the money. Like, go, like, yeah. like, something that you're somewhat interested in, right? You have like, to find the balance. Like, I like coding, but it's not my dream job. Like, I, yeah. I, I do love it to an extent, but I'm still like, I don't know, I'm working for someone. I'm like, I don't want to work for someone, but do my own <laughs> thing. Like, I don't know. That's, yeah, that's on yeah. your mindset. Yeah, I, I'm like, and that's I have another ideas. Need to reason I wanted to get you in here because talking to Leo was very different than talking to you guys because for him, it's almost like he just kind of discovered it mm-hmm. like it was uh-huh. like something that he created and then he realized that it could really benefit people and so he went into it but with you it's kind of like you already knew you wanted to do entrepreneurship you're trying to figure out how you what? wanted to get into yeah. it so it's a completely different mm-hmm. route yeah than yeah. what Leo did that's true yeah and cool. I feel like that's kind of the boat that he's in where like he knows he wants to do it but he doesn't know what he wants to do and then he's yeah, also I'm very like scared guys. of taking <laughs> those first steps too we so. should talk, yeah, we should, uh, no, totally. I, th- I think it, it's, it's like looking into the abyss. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know. <laughs> the unknown. <laughs> it's like that, what's that Star Wars, the hole in the, the they look down, it's black and like, but she's attracted to it anyway. And it's dangerous. And her mentor's like, yo, don't go down there. That's a, <laughs> I don't I know. Yeah. The new ones, right? The new ones? Yeah. The new, yeah. yeah. It's. Oh. I don't, I don't remember. Ray? Yeah, Ray. Is that the movie? Yeah. The one with her in it? I think she I was going down, down the hole. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah, know the name of Yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. But I think that whole scene was a metaphor for this. Because she goes down there and she sees a reflection of herself in the dark. And that's sort of, I think, what you'll find. like, And what I'm starting to find is like the deeper you go and the harder it is, the more you find out about yourself. And the, and the growth is like three or four X, like my college growth, <laughs> even though I'm older. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. It's okay. worse. It's mm-hmm. gotta go down the hole. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to do it. We gotta go. Yeah. And then speaking of, about money, also, um, like, I don't know. It, it is a balance, but I also want to point out that the earlier you do it, the better. Mm-hmm. Oh hell yeah! So like, you could be. <laughs> I mean, literally, I spent my twenties. I was IBM consulting. I worked in investments. I could have been homeless on a couch in Santa Monica for 10 whole years doing entrepreneurship and I would have got more of the experience I wanted and it, and it wouldn't have been mad because I, you know, I, I don't have a girlfriend, no kids, I got <laughs> friends everywhere. We all have friends, yeah. right? <laughs> but the reason couch I, w- yeah, but I know myself back then. I was, I was into being like, like hot shit. I wanted a nice car. I wanted to have high status and like I went clubbing and drinking and flying all over the place. So I needed a job that supported that. Lifestyle. And it sounded good. Like, oh, I work in investments <laughs> or nice whatever. Title. Yeah. A nice title. Yeah, it's like, that, yeah, if it's not you. Exactly. You can't, <laughs> but I was not confident enough. I was too insecure to take the route that wasn't supported by society. Mm-hmm. And your family and your parent, whatever. Yeah. Like, but it's the best time. Because what's gonna happen is, like what I did, you just wait 10 years and you realize it just gets worse. Like, <laughs> you get your grad degree, you get even a better job, and everyone's like, oh, you're doing even better. And at some point, you feel like a huge fraud. I can't take it. I just wanna sell yeah. baseball cards <laughs> in the corner. Like, <laughs> so then. Uh, but then you feel like you're in too deep. And yeah, you can't leave. Yeah. Like, like, you're just nice. It's a nice cushioned life. That's like where like, I'm at. You gotta get out of that comfort zone. Um, or like David will tell me, like, you can do anything else. And I'm like, 
no, like I'm in too deep. Like I've already gone in this route. Like I've already gone in this direction. Like how am I just gonna start all over? Like uh. <laughs> that, yeah, that, mm-hmm. that process of switching and and will be probably the hardest thing you ever do. But I think two things will. One is if you know it's your right path, it's like man, you gotta you gotta take the trail. Mm-hmm. But then two. There will be many things you're doing from this last path that you that will help you that you didn't even realize until like, oh, I'm so <laughs> glad because maybe you get into, I don't know, selling software programs to help preschools learn and you have to work with That's the That's what he always right. tells me. You could me, help yeah. kids another way. You just mm-hmm. got to think. But I like working with them too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stuff like that. Like, I hate it also. But <laughs> <laughs> well, my software sales experience, it helps me think about contracts. I'm not as nervous in some meetings now like because mm-hmm. I feel like, oh, I've done something kind of like this before. Mm-hmm. But yes, yeah, I mean, in LA, over half the city taxes go to education. It's like billions. So like that's a, it's a great entrepreneurial space. Yeah, sure. good market, I guess. And a huge need. Oh my gosh! I know. I was, I was, like, I anything out here. I was like, LA is like one of the worst schooling systems. <laughs> they get that much money. I know it's so dumb. I don't know what they do with it. I need to like interview someone that's like in budgeting for the school district or something. Yeah, coming with a freaking BMW and a Rolex. <laughs> my first year teaching, I spent probably like, at, like anywhere between like two and four thousand dollars just on stuff for my classroom, like out of my own pocket wow. that I didn't get reimbursed for. Yeah, because the first thing that they told me on like my first day was, "Don't ask us for anything because we already spent your budget for your classroom." Wow. <laughs> and I was like, "Uh, okay." So I'm like, "Where, where does this, where does this money go?" <laughs> it's <laughs> it doesn't the, make any sense. I think a lot of it's the contractors. I was reading when I was in LA. There was a school that went up. It was like sixty million dollar build out. Jesus. And I had like two garages. It was like not that big. And so I was like, oh yeah. It's just, yeah, someone's yeah. someone's getting paid. <laughs> exactly. That's like that's a whole another topic. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I need to find someone that knows like. That's that's a bad come entrepreneurship. We're not gonna. Yeah. We're not gonna <laughs> yeah. Go yeah. get a government contract in school. Side. <laughs> Damn. Um, but one of the things that I also realized talking to, like entrepreneurs now is that one of the things that they always say is really hard is maintaining relationships so i know mm-hmm. that you are like almost like an anomaly kind of because you're maintaining your romantic relationship while also diving into all of these businesses and mm-hmm. stuff so i did want to ask you if it was hard to maintain that relationship or like what kind of hardships did you go through i guess yeah it's definitely hard mm-hmm. yeah it's hard uh, there are a lot of challenges. I mean, the, one of the biggest ones is our schedules. Like, I have a regular full-time job, so I go in, you know, it's like 8 to 5, 6, whatever. And so and when I'm off at my job specifically, it's, it's not expected that I'm, like, working too, too late of the night. And so I'm kind of mm-hmm. off. We're never off with Tectonic. Mm-hmm. It's always on. And then, like, like they say in Spanish, she's always, está con el tiki-tiki. On your phone? Yeah, he's on his phone all the time. It's for the business, right? Yeah. At least it's for the business. This guy's on the phone all the time, too, but he's just, like, playing games. For the memes. Yeah. That's business. That also happens. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah. Actually, that's a good point, like, keeping things separate. 
because we use, especially if you're in B to like business to consumer business, like you're using all these distracting things. Yeah, like yeah. I'm in the Instagram dashboard, in the Facebook, mm-hmm. like you're looking at things. For the business. For the business. <laughs> and, you, <laughs> and then you scroll and like suddenly, <laughs> like, oh, it's less of the thing yeah, it's real. Yeah, yeah, so there's that. Um, Greg was mentioning earlier, like we, har- we hardly like sit down to eat dinner at the same time. Mm-hmm. Because we, we're on different schedules or we're working on different things. Mm-hmm. Um, weekends, sometimes, I mean, we're, we're both still working. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'm helping with tectonic. Mm-hmm. So that takes up a lot of time. Mm-hmm. And I think and the other piece that's hard is if you want to work directly like day to day on a project with your romantic partner and you're not the best work fit, <laughs> that, <laughs> that can be really tough because with us, we're kind of opposites. Mm-hmm. And so the downside of that is to go fast, we'll each assume a different path. But the best path is when, you know, like the two people come together and you see each other's blind spots. Mm -hmm. So I'm much more, I have a feeling I'm more like David, like, yo, let's do it, let's go. When we get there, we'll figure it out. Um, (laughs) But Carlos, maybe a little more you, more logical. I'm like a planner, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I like, even just to go out to dinner, I like look up all the reviews. Where's the bathroom? Do they have toilet paper? (laughs) (laughs) What are the prices? What should I wear? Like, (laughs) yeah. So in that case, like, the two of you together might be a better team than either like single going out, even mm-hmm. though going single going out is much more comfortable. Like I don't like to be told I'm wrong or Greg, <laughs> you need a plan to do this before you get there. Or have you figured this out first? Because the answer is always like no to everything, right? No, I don't. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> I just say YOLO. <laughs> There's a half a tank of gas and the sun's still out, we're driving. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, you're right, it's a balance. Because there's, yeah, especially if you're trying to save money, Dave and I way is like expensive. Yeah, and you find out things. Later. <laughs> no, I am terrible at saving, so that, yeah. yeah. The, the financial piece is also a big challenge. Yeah, I think I'm gonna let her handle it though. Once we get married, so. that's what I'm so bad at math, though. but I'm good at like budgeting because I've always been poor. But I'm bad at math. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, you have to like crunch the numbers, and I'll just tell you what to spend. I guess that's another. <laughs> Like, if you grow up with uh, less resources, fewer resources, you naturally have resource allocation yeah. business. Yeah. It's like a big benefit I'm figuring out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's crazy. It's cr- yeah. Like, I don't have that. Because, yeah. like, <laughs> I grew up, like, pretty privileged. Yeah. And so I undervalue material things. I undervalue money. But now we're in a business where, like, cash flow matters a lot. And so Carla would be like, dude, that's, why are you buying that on Amazon? It could be 40% less if you just drove here tomorrow or something Mm -hmm. and especially in brick and mortar when there's not like huge profit margins like those little day-to-day it adds up adds up (laughs) that could be a coach's part-time salary right there if you save enough so that's that's real yeah 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 Yeah. Uh, yeah, i'm the same way in my eyes Mm -hmm. I, i wasn't like i wouldn't say i was super privileged but it definitely, like, as I got older, it got better because my mom got, I guess she got, like, more raises and things like that. Uh-huh. So, but I don't know. I do value money, though. I'm like, I always want to get more money. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to, it's a scoreboard, right? I, yeah. I'm, try, well, I'm just trying to, like, I don't know. I don't, don't want to. My whole point is I can retire early. That's the life, right? I don't want to work. Love it. It's yes. all 60. I'm like, now nah, 40. Let's go. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. 
but I have to think of some million dollar idea. These dogs are going crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the other thing. Like, oh, sorry, go ahead. Keep going because I was going to say the, the challenges. Of uh, um, uh, The flip side, though, is without David and I, who's going to pat ourselves on the back a little bit, yeah. <laughs> uh, we increase the rate of decision turnover. So, this, like, let's say you're comfortable getting a 90% certainty and we're comfortable at, like, 30%. Yeah. The tension of the decision, like, potential is probably going to hit somewhere in between there, mm-hmm. which is better odds for us when we roll the dice. Yeah. And better outcomes for you guys because you just be rolling more. Yeah. And, like, that yeah. million-dollar idea is going to hit maybe a decade sooner. But yeah. It's a, yeah. Like Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, being with him, it's, like, like... I have definitely started taking like more risks or like making more decisions and like even just like random everyday stuff where it's like before I would like be thinking on it for like a long time and like Mm -hmm. doing my research on it for a long time and then Mm -hmm. probably never do it. (laughs) Or like even like this, like the podcast, like I never in my life would have thought of anything like just doing anything like this. Like for me, it was always like go to school, go to work. And then you retire and Good you process. have your like 401k or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but like with him, it's like, like it's a completely different, like, so yeah. cool mentality or whatever. Huh. Yeah. I never thought about that. I guess mm-hmm. that's true. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah I, it I happens. Guess definitely. I think I'm, I like to consider myself more ambitious than most people. Mm-hmm. Not most people, but or I don't know, the average, I guess. But yeah, I guess that's where I got to where I am today, right? I, go to I, I try to pat myself. I'm not, I don't, I'm like, I don't, what's the word? Like, I don't stop and smell the roses kind of guy. Like, yeah. I'm always like, nope, I got to do better. And I always have it. to make him, like, stop, stop and, smell and like, be present. Yeah. Like. Um, <laughs> oh, awesome. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you're seeing the mountaintops and the goals all the time. I, I want to, yeah, I'm like, I'm not there yet. I'm not there, yeah. I'm not there yet. And then I was like, no, like, look at where, like, look where we're at right now. I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Like, I don't know. And it's funny because, like, when you started, like, when he was going to do the boot camp thing, like, in my head, I was like, it's not going to work. <laughs> like, he should go to school. And I was like, well, maybe he has to learn first that it's not going to work, and then he'll go back to school. Wow, thanks. So the whole, <laughs> no, the whole time I was, like, encouraging him, like, yeah, just do it, just do it. Like, you can do it. Just try it. And, like, pushing him to do it when, in my head, I was like, this is a bad idea. <laughs> but, look, he did it. Yeah, well, he makes support. probably, like, three times more money than I do. <laughs> and awesome. I took the traditional, like, accepted route. Yeah. That was funny. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah and uh, then, like, still going on challenges, so there are oh, a lot. Yeah. But lot. then I think that the other thing is that we're both learning more about ourselves, and we're, like, because you, you've talked about, like, growing into and, like, uh, accepting who you want to be more authentically and then mm-hmm. showing showing that more, which I think has helped um, not just you, but like our relationship as well. Oh, this has been the silver lining. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that can be hard too, though, right? Like, like you either grow with each other or you grow in different directions sometimes, right? Totally. <laughs> Actually, I can see that. Like, you could, you'd be an entrepreneur that just like holds up and then does their thing like all the time. And especially if you weren't super helpful and supportive as much, you might do your own thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then soon it's like, oh man, where are we? Kind of thing. Just yeah. two boats sailing in the night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, you guys. You guys are a good team. 
Yeah. <laughs> it was painful. We're but we, still we, working on it. <laughs> I was like, eh. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, it's true. Actually, I mean, there's a lot to work on, right? Yeah, we have a lot to work on. Um, and also, uh, entrepreneurship forces, like if you really want something and you realize that, hey, I don't have money to hire someone to do this and I don't have the discipline or skill set to do this, then your choice is kind of like to grow and improve yourself. And it's kind of your only choice at that point. Mm-hmm. And I hate like, as much as everyone's like, oh, I love learning and growing. Like, I don't like feeling like I'm wrong. I don't like feeling like, oh, I don't have the answer. It's a very like, yeah, like vulnerable icky space, vulnerable yeah. space. <laughs> and so, yeah, exactly. And so entrepreneurship and, and relationships, and if you do both at the same time, it kind of forces you to get more out of yourself in order to stay married to your wife, to keep your business, to sacrifice like, so instead of watching Netflix for like, you know, hour and a half every night, you're like, all right, I'm gonna, you know, watch 15 minutes or play Apex for two games. And then because I've worked on my discipline and effort, I now have an extra two hours at night from nine to 11 that I didn't have before just because I was like everyone else in the world, <laughs> yeah. whatever, you know, watching Stranger Things. <laughs> we watched almost all straight. So the point is, <laughs> but yeah, these are the, I think these are, the, these are the struggles, I think. Yeah. I don't think there's a right answer. Like if, like if you want to make like, I don't know, 60 grand and watch like Stranger Things every night, like it, in today's world, you can get there. Like mm-hmm. probably in like less than five years, slaying in t-shirts. But if you want to make like 600,000 and run multiple businesses, then it's like, you gotta really, at least from what I've seen, like you gotta sacrifice. Yeah. A lot. Like a lot. Like maybe even just cancel Netflix altogether. Maybe no family vacations. Mm-hmm. Like you ain't going out to happy hour. There, I mean, you know, yeah, all that stuff. Like, cause you want to win, right? Mm-hmm. And if you cut those things out, that's like your, your year is like two or three months longer than your competitor's year who's chilling. Yeah. And especially in this society, everyone's got material stuff. It's all about luxury and brunch and all these nice yeah. things. Like it's, it's not normal. It's hard. It's, it's hard to like, give it up. It's, yeah. yeah, it's hard yeah. to give up. That's all I was gonna say. And it's hard to feel like you belong or something. You know what I mean? Even just like with your own friends, with your own family members, if you're on that path where you're giving up everything else so <laughs> and they're like living all the luxuries and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, and maybe some things you don't give up. And I, I I grew up with luxury, and so like the status thing and the nice things, like even though one side I hate it because it was very oppressive, because there was always expectation growing up mm-hmm. that you have to do all this stuff. But the other part of me is like, oh, I want to feel like I fit in with my friends. You know, so we're right here trying to make this gym work. My friends are buying like second and third houses and stuff. It's <laughs> like, you gotta stay true. Yeah, mm-hmm. It's like, if you're a top, I think Will Smith says something like, he's like, yo, if you're a top piano player and that's what you love, you gotta spend your career doing piano playing. Like, cause that's, you'll be, you'll, you'll be happy doing that, you know? Like, yeah, I think it's, it's definitely a trade off. Yeah, you gotta look at the bigger picture. Yeah. Cause that's what you gotta do. You're trying to do the bigger picture as where, like, you know, you're saying your friends are just kind of just, they're just, they're just enjoying life kind of thing. Like, they're, they're fine with what they have. Yeah, do. exactly. Like, they're yeah, fine with yeah, it. Yeah, that's they're, fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, you want, like, but yeah, yeah. like, I guess us, you know, we want to 
want to ball out. The I'm adventure, fucking, the fun. I'm fucking ball out, and you, I'm fine watching that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Except Sandra's the host of this. Podcast. I know. Right? Ball out, let's ball out. <laughs> and how you ball? Like, like we we put CrossFit. It's not like a money printing machine or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but we liked it because it was it was relatively low barrier to entry. Um, it's like there's no territories. We have a gym across a gym next, two gyms ne- right next to us, and then another CrossFit gym two miles away. Oh wow! And CrossFit headquarters does not divvy up. Like you can compete as much as you want. And for me personally, I wanted to see if outside the corporation and the institutions could I provide value to society. Mm-hmm. And, I, and that's a weird question. A lot of people I think can't answer because they've never had the chance to provide value like by their own accord. Yeah. It was like there was this form I filled it out on monster.com and I'm doing this thing and like <laughs> I guess I'm adding value but it's hard to see. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, so if we were pure money people we, we wouldn't be in CrossFit. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's all a balance. Yeah. <laughs> but you're looking into other things too so... Yeah, we're, we're, other, we're yeah. looking into other projects as well. Oh, that's good. But I'm sure the that CrossFit journey helped you get you said like your your mindset and to probably get these other side hustles going to eventually retire early or whatever your yes. goals are. Yeah. No, such a good point. Actually, um, in Houston, Carla made me take salsa lessons because I couldn't <laughs> dance and she was like a pro. So we took them at this Cuban restaurant and I, I got to know the owner. And like, you know, owners got like, you know, 20 staff. They're always having bands come in. There's all this, just, it's basically a restaurant slash club slash community center. And I was like, man, this place is awesome. I was like, oh, is, it, is it the best? Is this the best you've ever done? He's like, man, that's such, such hard work. He's up to like two every day, all this wow. stuff. Um, but still he was like, you know, entrepreneurs can play. Like they wouldn't have it any other way, but then when we were like, <laughs> yeah. this is the worst. <laughs> but I, his advice to me, which is kind of what David was saying, um, He's like, dude, open a couple hot dog stands. That is the best prerequisite to op- to owning a restaurant, because you get used to ordering the food, dealing with the licenses, renting out your little stand. Getting your feet wet. Getting your yeah, mm-hmm. and that is that's actually how we started. And um, I know a guy in California. He by the time I knew him, he had eleven restaurants and was opening more than one a year. So, and that was like five, I don't know how many he has now, but he started a little smoothie stand. Uh, dropped out of UCLA, hated school, like <laughs> went to Brazil to party for a year and then came back and I was like, you know what? I should do something in my life. <laughs> and now it's crushing. Um, but total random, like, oh, it's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> nice, super rich. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, good so for us. <laughs> the entrepreneurship is weird. Like, it's like going the experience route rather than the read a book and learn about it in the classroom route. Yes. Yeah, it's not sequential. I feel like mm-hmm. school is very sequential. Like you go yeah. 101, 201, 301. Yeah. yeah. Entrepreneurship. And you never it's actually like do anything. Kinda, yeah. You're just yeah. reading and writing. Kind of trying to figure it out. <laughs> and I think, I don't know how much, uh, are we still going? Good? Yeah. 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 You can go along as you want. <laughs> like, I think one thing that's important uh, between like the school entrepreneurship thing is like the emotional structure you need for it for each lane is very different. So in school, it's it's like you have to exercise self-control and you have to keep your confidence low enough that like, so that you don't run amok of the rules. In entrepreneurship, it's like 
you have to constantly be feeding your confidence so that you can break rules and go look in places where people don't normally look or want you to look because there's opportunity there. Mm -hmm. And so I think that emotional switch is also very difficult. I'm, I'm still in the transformation right now, but a lot of the entrepreneurs I really admire and, and who not just succeed once, but like again, and they open, like no matter what business they touch, it's like, how are you pro in tech and restaurants, you know, and land, like real estate, like how are you doing all these things? But they have this confident mindset where it's like, I don't care if it goes bad. I know it's probably gonna go bad because I don't know anything, but I'm gonna go back. <laughs> And they just go in and they do it and people tell them they're wrong and like it, and they have empathy for the people who are hating. It's like, I know you're not in a good spot. You don't understand what I'm doing. Maybe I intimidate you because you wanna be doing what I'm doing or something, but they don't back down. And I'm at a point right now emotionally where I feel like if the world really rose up to hate on me, I would back down. Because <laughs> I don't, because I'm like, yeah, it's like this thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think part of it is being trained to know that, because I did very well in school. Like I got almost all the A's, any scholarship I wanted, like because I knew how to play the game, not because I was smart. Um, so I knew which teachers to like, talk to, who to, who you couldn't challenge at all. Um, and you just play them until you got what you wanted. And I think that that mentality is not useful in entrepreneurship. Because entrepreneurship is all about service and you have to like serve someone and they have to voluntarily give you something back. Mm -hmm. I can't tell, I can't be like, you know, you have to behave, I'll tax you or yeah. I'll, you can't force them to do anything. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's a very different relationship. Yeah. You gotta learn. Yeah. Or like, yeah, the kid selling candy out of the backpack, right? Mm -hmm. They're not like, you must turn in this money to me at this time in return for the Snickers or you get a C. <laughs> it's like, this is a dollar. You want it? And it's a little bit. It's a little bit of like, here I am. Yeah. Are you gonna reject yeah. me or not? Yeah. Yeah, it's very different. And then like really just putting yourself out there like that. Yeah. Oh. You guys follow uh, like Ray Dalio? You heard of his stuff? No, I'm not big on following, like, um, you know, uh, as I'm guessing as an entrepreneur or something. Oh, right, right, right. Like, I don't do a lot of that research, which I should. I got, my cousin is always doing that, so he kind of tells me things because he's into, like, all this. Like, he has his own business, and he's, how old is he, Nick? I don't know. I'll say 22. He, like, he 20 was, like, one of the youngest years. bankers in the bank. I think he was, like, a bank a banker at 20. Whoa. Yeah. And so he's now he's an entrepreneur? Yeah, he started just doing his own marketing kind of like firm and I'm trying to like I'm trying to I, I, I need to reach out to him because like when I went back I was talking to him I was like I want to help you dude like I want to get in on this like because a couple of my cousins were like yeah we want to we're kind of have the same mindset like we want to ball out like you know like yeah screw the nine to fives like we're like that's, yeah. I don't know that's not the life that we want at least heck yeah so yeah but he's into all this stuff so he like follows all these articles and reads all these um yeah, articles and books. He yeah. follows a lot of like um, um, entrepreneur guys, like yeah, stock guys, or like motivational speakers. He goes or, to seminars, things like yeah. that. So I knew, yeah. Which I wish, like in hindsight, I mean, I should have been going to those things with him, you know, when I was mm -hmm. living over there. But now, like, I can't. I have to oh, go yeah. find my own here. Yeah, find yeah. yeah. <laughs> Actually, we should. Yeah, we should look some up. Mm -hmm. They're always good, like talks. And yeah. Yeah. Definitely. We'll keep in touch after. But yeah, <laughs> like Gary Vaynerchuk is more like. He's like dirty entrepreneur. I don't know if you follow him that much, but he's like, 
like top like one of the most 40 people under 40 influential Forbes yeah. all that stuff he's awesome mm-hmm. um, but he's awesome top 40 under 40 or something. yeah one of those guys <laughs> um, and really changing the marketing game and his uh, he and he's also the same like hustle 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 no vacay like America's our empire soft you got to work hard type of guy um, and and to surround your like talking about insecurity and being out there mm-hmm. he grew up in such a way that he, he doesn't know how not to be out there and to him it's really weird to not sit down and be like it's my business it's the best yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so the advice he gives people like us who are kind of like oh I think that, that was that's a cool path let me go yeah. um, it's to surround you it's just like podcasts like this he runs he does stuff like that too surround yourself with these conversations to the point that like the stuff that we're used to now seems weird mm-hmm. and we're the weirdos to everyone else yeah. but we don't notice it mm-hmm. and that's every Dalio similar like he's a multi-billionaire like just killer awesome guy um he has a book out called Principles, which is all about how do you how do you uh, frame your decision making to uh, to get the outcome you want, especially like an entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Huh. But same idea, like put yourself out there. He talks about the abyss and about when you put yourself out there, you will get hurt, and when you put yourself out there repeatedly, you will get hurt really bad at least once, and when you get hurt really bad that one time, whether it's you did start your business and you ended up in a divorce. That happened to my professor who founded Lotus Notes, which you know, Baba IBM, or you know, Rob. That was his closing statement. He's like, I lost my first wife because of entrepreneurship. So if you're about to do this, like this relationship thing is real. Mm-hmm. Um, Ray Dalio went bankrupt, right? Ray Dalio went totally bankrupt. He fired 14 of his employees after being a banker and had to ask his parents for rent money to stay in Manhattan. Um, and he went he went in front of Congress too and told them mm-hmm. in 1980 that the market was gonna be destroyed. And then the biggest bull market run of all time happened between 1982 and 2001. So he was basically ridiculed. So that. yeah, he was like the worst, ever, and that was his abyss. And he said that when you're not only do you find yourself in that abyss, but then you make the decision either to continue the path or not. Stay in the abyss. Just stay, out. yeah. <laughs> and I think that is, I think that's the point of no return that I don't think I've gotten to yet. But from a lot of entrepreneurs I've talked to, like maybe it's you lose your first business, You're the first time you go bankrupt or something like that. Um, I think that's when the real, the real stay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> So now, do you think that any of that will change like your relationship or also like how you keep, how you manage the business and you working a regular day job? Do you think all of that or any of that will change now that you're going to have a baby? Yeah, a lot's going to change. <laughs> no more Apex. <laughs> there goes Apex. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. There, there, there are going to be a lot of changes. I mean... It kind of has to. Yeah, yeah. with another baby, just, mm-hmm. we we can't keep doing the same things because there's going to yeah. be another life. But you were saying how things are changing for you already, which is pretty cool. Like what? Um, well, uh, like mentally. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it, it's very clarifying for me. So, 
like Teutonic's sustainable, it's cool. Um, we're thinking about other businesses to build because I'm very motivated by like fun and adventure and almost 40, I probably got like 20 or 30 years of like working productive, like life left and then it's, <laughs> that's it. I mean, it's like not that many, if you're gonna get good at some, something, it's like four or five years, right? But um, the baby entering the picture makes things much less nebulous. Because before it's like, okay, I wanna help society and I wanna make money doing it and I wanna grow myself. And now it's like, yo, someone's gotta eat. So <laughs> what's the return on investment? And like, even the society thing's got taken a back seat. I used to have all these causes and stuff and like with all the, the political and socioeconomic changes around us, mm -hmm. it's like, oh man, I wanna help all these different areas. And it's kind of like distracting and demotivating when you have these giant nebulous evil things that are like oppressing everybody. Yeah. And now it's like, oh no, I gotta take care of nine people in my life. And that's it. And I'm gonna run businesses, I'm gonna crush, do what it takes. And all these other things like, you know, the whole Eastern Seaboard could fall in the ocean. And really, I don't care because <laughs> like, oh, I got family out there, but really, <laughs> core family's here. Yeah. So like, <laughs> that's already, I mean, the baby's not even born yet. And I'm already becoming a little more like, savage that way yeah which is kind of i like it because <laughs> i think it's entrepreneurs need to be they don't need to be like mean but they need to be savage and not care what people think and not care about people they shouldn't be caring about mm -hmm. and because they just don't have the resources or the time like maybe if you know i'm collecting a paycheck i can whatever i can join all sorts of causes do all these things <laughs> but now it's like that's just narrowing up my life i gotta sacrifice like i'm not gonna be that good guy Mm -hmm. Gonna be the businessman, like making things happen. Yeah. And once the nine people are totally taken care of, then <laughs> can expand out to other stuff. <laughs> but I think that's a big change. Like, I'm less idealistic, I think. Okay. More gritty, maybe. More cl clarity. Huh. Hmm. Would you, like, now that you're about to be parents and, like, kind of looking at it from that perspective, like, you already said your mindsets are changing. Mm hmm. Are you like happy with how the public school system is? Which I feel like you got a feel for that already. But. <laughs> oh man, you work at public schools? No, I oh. work for the Head Start program, so it's okay. like a nonprofit cool, cool. organization. Yeah, <laughs> she did though. I did. And now yeah. I. Yeah. Well, as a teacher for one year, and then as a paraprofessional for like three years, I think. Well, I could start. I don't like it. <laughs> Straight, Straight up. It, I don't know. It just, it, it's the way it is. Cause it's, all, it's like one one way for everyone. It, it doesn't work for everyone. Mm -hmm. It doesn't. like mm -hmm. Even like, I don't know, me, like, like I, I wasn't a dumb kid. It's just, um, I think, I, I don't know what, it, I don't know, maybe I have like mild ADHD. I don't know. But like, it's, it is hard for me to focus. Like PowerPoints, oh my God, it's like death by PowerPoint. I'm falling asleep. Like, yeah. like it's going to happen. So it's just the way you, you teach things. It has to be more interactive or, I don't know, or, like, engaging, not Dude, just someone reading. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> imagine if they taught baseball in school. There would be no Major League Baseball in this country. <laughs> Everybody would hate it. Because in day one, they'll be like, learn the history of baseball. I'd be like, yeah. okay, invented in 1800. The ball was made. And, like, we always regurgitate. By the time, like, you graduate, you're like, whatever this is, <laughs> no. I, so, yeah, no, it's real. I mean, maybe... Yeah. It just was boring to you or something. I don't know. But some people like excel at it. Like, I don't know. They just, so that's the thing. It's like, I don't know. Like it, it doesn't work for everyone. That's yeah. the problem. Yeah. I mean, I excelled at it, but I, I don't 
it wasn't helpful for my entrepreneurship kind of mindset. And we talked about, you know, the story of how I was trying to do it in elementary school and I got shut shut down. down. (laughs) So I don't think it's fostered at all in public school. At least when I was, maybe now things have changed, but when I was going to school, elementary, middle school, it wasn't, it wasn't something that was encouraged. Oh yeah, entrepreneur for sure. Yeah, I, I don't know if this counts as entrepreneur, but like I started selling things on eBay at a young age. Yeah, totally. Oh, totally counts. Yeah. Like I was, I was, I don't know, I forgot how, I think it was in middle school and I was like, I had an account going and everything, shipping things out. Dude, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah eBay life, dude. I still have my original eBay account, so I could like, yeah. Oh, yeah, so did you. Still there. <laughs> I love yeah. Yeah, it was about middle school. I was just going through my parents' closet, like random <laughs> shit, dude, like stealing and selling. Wow, <laughs> I, his mom's like, I, was, I, was, I would go to the garage and go, huh? I was like, do we need this? <laughs> and they don't even notice. Yeah, hundreds of dollars, they have no idea, dude. <laughs> oh, it's it awesome. Yeah, I sold some old games, which. I was like, damn, I kind of regret that. I need to buy those things again. <laughs> Are you buying back more expensive yeah, things? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. And then, like, I kind of wish, I don't know, I kind of wish someone, like, piggybacked off. Because everyone in my family was doing that, but obviously my family didn't really know about entrepreneur either. Even though we kind of talked about this with uh, Leo. Mm -hmm. I don't know, like, in Mexican culture, like, entrepreneurs, like, it's different. It's like they do it more just to survive kind of thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, So, like... The paletero man, right? Like yeah. the guy selling like popsicles out of like a little cart walking down the street. Like that's entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. But just doing it's just like bills. a survival thing. Yeah, and they always tell you like go money. to school so you don't end up like this. Uh-huh. Yeah, and he's yeah, doing that to get his kids thing. to go yeah. to school. Yeah. Like but they do that all they do that all the time. Like even my family started uh we started a little business mm-hmm. like, mini market. That's how we That was my first job. That's <laughs> how we met. <laughs> oh, and they found yeah. Oh, so cool! <laughs> That's a good, like, story. <laughs> I hate that market, though, but it's romantic. Yeah. <laughs> you love it. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I was a slave to that store. You know, I wasn't paid for it. I was like, so I think, which was, I guess, I think that's how I got, like, a good worth ethic because I was just, like, I did uh, bust my ass off in there. Yeah. Yeah. It was, like, for my family business, you know? Yeah. And I guess that paid off later down the road because, like, I like to like, oh, I never had a boss hate me. They was like, oh, you're always working, Dave. You're hard working. Like, yeah. Nice. <laughs> you pay me more. <laughs> I don't know. Like, <laughs> Absolutely. Pay me something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. But, um, geez, no, that's very true, though, because the, um, yeah, because in in that culture, in the Mexican culture, they're, they're having to do the mini markets or, Mm-hmm. the um, the carts or whatever the it spotless, is yeah anything and then but it's like no because you're gonna go to school yeah. and you're yeah. gonna do something different than what mm-hmm. I did and that's the problem like it should be like I would wish like like yeah, if I was smarter of, like yeah. I'm like damn I wish I like learned about like marketing trying to help the business grow yeah. or mm-hmm. something but like no one ever does it because it's like your parents go no you gotta go to school and be a doctor right or something. Yeah. yeah like that's why my mom and I'm like I hate his school I, I freaking hate his school like with the passion, that's so, so like, funny. Luckily now my mom's happy that it worked out because, you know, like you're trying to get back to them, like repay them, because they want that degree because they came from like nothing, right? And they wanted to see you succeed. So I kind of felt bad that like I I would go to school like at a community college and then like kind of just drop out. Like, I, I hate it. Like, I can't do it. <laughs> it's awful. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so luckily it worked out. But yeah. That's the thing, yeah. They just want you to go to school, and they think that that piece of paper is everything. Right. And it's yeah. Like, now it's like, but it's like, 
when I think about them, it's like they came from nothing. Like, look, look what they have now. You know, it's like amazing you should like should have pig- piggybacked off that to stay. off of the businesses right yeah. like they were already running a business you could have learned how to run exactly. a business better Get, and make yeah. money yeah instead of just yeah hating it and hating life <laughs> it's all a mindset thing yeah i think the baby boomers had a lot of propaganda at them about like gotta go to school mm-hmm. dropouts are bad yeah Real luckily it's changing like yeah. millennials it's it's a whole different world now which i like and like it's gonna, I think it's only gonna get better from here on out. Like just more businesses or more entrepreneurs or even changing the way anything's taught in school. Hopefully, because yeah. Yeah. Like for you guys, would you be like, will you be going the public school route? We've talked about it a little bit. With our kid. Yeah. Um, because we're in the Canvas School District which was why we went there. Because mm-hmm. we realized that public, the private schools are way more expensive now than they used to be. But also another problem, public school systems, is your property taxes go to your local school. So either um, way you're paying for it. So either way you're paying, paying for a it. private school on top of that. <laughs> yeah. And Canvas properties are insane. So they basically have private schools. They, they teach Mandarin for free at the public library. Oh, cool. oh wow. It's one of these, one of these things in society I used to hate, where the nice neighborhoods have oh, their yeah. public institutions are basically private institutions. I mean, I have a friend up who lives outside of Microsoft. Their public schools are like, holy crap, these are nice. <laughs> and all the resources in the world. And so that's our strategy now is to go to the public school, which has been made into private school because of like district. You have to live in the area, which yeah, is an expensive nice area. area. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and that's probably 20% of our housing costs is just for school. It's like, yeah. And I know the people in the area that that's their, either we go to campus and don't do private school, we stay outside campus and do private school. And that's the trade-off. Gotcha. But before, even like, we've argued about this all the time. I'm hardcore <laughs> anti-public, private school all the way. Like, <laughs> always and like I that. went to public school. Yeah, I went. So I'm always arguing, like I went to public school and I turned out just fine. I would argue, <laughs> I prefer, honestly, I'd rather send my kid, I think, to a public school just because it's, um. He's gonna get ex- or they or you know he or she's gonna get exposed to just like Every everything. Every walk of life, yeah. yeah. Like I went Culture to a pretty every, like yeah. you know pretty ghetto school, and it's just like I'm like I'm glad I'm the way I am now because yeah. that gave me perspective on things. Like, mm-hmm. and versus for someone who doesn't come from that, it's like it's a, they have a whole different view on life. Yeah. They don't like they don't even know if things like this exist, as where they're not exposed to. Yeah, it's yeah. a bubble exactly. Yeah. So and I'd rather really throw depends. them like go or you're going to real life. And you know, just make sure they get the support. Though I'm gonna give them support that yeah. yeah that I didn't have, or try to keep them out of things. You know, like yeah. I mean, the real life though, the real life of public school is different where you live. Yeah, yeah. So, that's very true. Mm-hmm. That is, yeah, that's very true. So I don't know how Vancouver is. I don't. I'm sorry. It's no. pretty good. I I heard it's pretty good either way, but and this is my elitism coming out, right? So when we <laughs> were looking at uh, like houses, yeah. Um, I remember talking to some Vancouver people and they're like, oh, the campus people are kind of weird. All they do is work so hard and their kids study so much that like they don't have to interact socially. And I was like, we're going to go Like, yeah, that's what being competitive hardcore is about. Like, like childhood is not supposed to be super fun, man. Like you're supposed to be working or like getting a grade. Like, mm-hmm. sorry, Max, it's going to be tough. <laughs> but uh, I was attracted to that. Mm-hmm. And you should, you should tell them which public school you went to. Well, 
So I went to elementary school, elementary, middle school were pu- were public Miami schools. So I, I grew up okay. in Miami, mm-hmm. and it was in in West Kendall. So that was Miami. But Greg's referring to my high school, which was a magnet school, and so it was a public math academy and uh, maritime and science technology school. Mm-hmm. So it's like a is when I was there, it's like five hundred and fifty kids, um, public school, but it was it was tough to get into and um, the smaller class sizes and all these other things. So it, it was different. It wasn't like a big, like my home public school. It wasn't like a typical. It, no, my, my home public school was probably like a, a, a few thousand kids. Mm-hmm. Okay. Whereas this the, one, the, yeah. the, like the magnet school that I yeah. went to was 550. Damn, yeah. So it was a big difference. Yeah, that yeah. does help. Like, it's funny you bring, uh, bring a magnet because I, even in my, like, crappy school, there was magnet there. So, but it was like a whole different world. Like, Whoa. we interviewed my yeah, friend. Yeah, we interviewed his friend that was in the magnet program at the same school as him, and they yeah. went to school at the same time. And it was like a completely different experience. Completely different world, just because <laughs> yeah. they're, 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 they had smaller classrooms, they're exposed to like different teachers. Yeah, no, that actually, yeah, resources. No, that, yeah. that actually jogs yeah. my memory. So in middle school, then I, now I have to go back. So because <laughs> in middle school, I, I was part of the gifted program. And I think even in elementary school, so we haven't talked about like tracking, but you know, you, you get, you kind of get tracked in, yeah. in school. And so that started for me in elementary school. So when I went to middle school, I was part of a gifted program and those were, there were different teachers, mm-hmm. different classes. I took gifted resource, which was like all about problem solving. It was about like puzzles and critical thinking and that okay. and those different types of classes. So I, mm-hmm. I so yeah, because of my tracking that happened earlier on, I actually did kind of go through a different system. I guess. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, but, that's kind of like me. Yeah, she. But I wasn't in the gifted program or anything. It was just like my mom would make, and I don't know how it works in Miami or wherever you're from. Um, but in LA, it's uh, open enrollment. So every school has open enrollment if they have like, why well, I think it's even just for the regular school, but if for magnets, my mom used it so that she mm. would apply so that I could get into the magnet programs in the different schools. So I think the only, well in elementary, I went to the local school, but it was only like kindergarten and first grade. And then in second grade, I was only there for like a month because she applied to a magnet program at a different elementary school. And I got in, so then I started taking the school bus over to that mm. town and going to school in that area. And then in middle school, I was in the magnet program also. It was our local school though, but like he said, it's like a completely different world. <laughs> yeah, it, was a huge, it was hugely different. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because like you're separated mine. from like pretty much all the ghetto kids in a way, you know? Like I went to, I went yeah. to class with all the ghetto kids and then Versus the magnet kids are like in their own world. Yeah, that's that's me. (laughs) For my middle school, it was a performing arts magnet. And so for us, it was like, for LA, that was like one of the very, very few middle schools that had that program. Mm. So there was kids that came from all over. Like they would drive like hours just to come to that school. So I met like kids from all over the city and like, probably the only white kids on the campus were in our program, <laughs> you know? And then yeah. the, everyone else was like the local kids, but 
yeah, it was it was very different than than the rest of the campus. And then in high school, I went to um, a charter high school in the magnet program yeah, as well. It's yeah, charter. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it was it was nice. But it's like the I don't know if it still is, but when I was there, it was like the number one public school in the country. Awesome! Mm-hmm. Wow. And we have like the number one band program in the country too. We win like a wow. bunch of awards every year. So almost everyone went to college from there. They were like, we're going to college. Yeah, yeah. So it's weird for me now because I like everyone else has like starting their doctorates and stuff, and I'm <laughs> like, eh. got a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Heck yeah, <laughs> all day. Yeah. You know why? Because you got more scale. You're delivering and serving society right now, and you're doing it on your own terms. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, if you wanted to do this, or and if you want to teach podcasting at Harvard or something, you have <laughs> classes of six kids. Your following count's gonna be six a day. Here you can get to six hundred or six thousand or like yeah. a million. Like, like if you're all about positive impact and like doing things in a better, innovative, more far-reaching way, then you're doing more than those friends in grad school right now. Which is like, people don't know it, but it's the yeah. truth. It's that's, crazy. That's the plan, right? Expand. Hopefully, everyone's yeah. listening. But the public school thing's interesting. So even public schools, to show good stats, have to create private schools inside their structure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's it's like, I love the concept, like, you know, equal opportunity, the whole country gets education, and we're preparing our society for, like, you know, future opportunities, like tech and science and math. But we don't do that. Mm-hmm. We don't invent giant money suck. Yeah. And most public schools have high dropout rates. Uh math and reading scores not even the top 20 globally so it's like what are we doing like we're just wasting tax money crowding out entrepreneurs who would actually start better private schools like like yeah i volunteered at a charter in la Mm -hmm. um like 90 percent college attendance rate and it was less than 50 at the public school next door like yeah it's like whoa and i don't think it was just i think teachers were part of it but the other piece is just what types of families are so crazy to try and win that lotto? It's like the family support too. Mm-hmm. Like you're like, you know, I remember when I was in private school, we had gifted programs. And even within the private school, families would jockey for positions. I remember I made the gifted thing and my friend didn't. And a friend's daddy came down and rectified the teacher's decision. And then we were together in the gifted program. Yeah, I was going to say private (laughs) schools kind of have a drawback, too, because there's no like, like, it's almost like there's no hard rule. Whereas public schools, it's like you have to do this because it's Mm -hmm. like a district wide policy or whatever. But with Mm -hmm. private schools, even like, like I'll see like job postings for private schools and you don't usually have to have like a teaching license or teaching credential. To apply for, for to private? a job at private school. Oh wow! It depends on the private school because they make their own rules. Make their own rules. <laughs> yeah, so it really depends on the private school too on how how they're choosing to run their stuff is how good or whatever that place is going to be. But yeah, I've heard also actually from LA one of my clients um, talking about like the social exposure thing. She, I don't know. She went to some really rich private school in LA, and she said she was taught to hate everyone except themselves oh, yeah. <laughs> and now she's like like growing and traveling she's kind of i think she's a little older than us um she's like has amazing life she travels basically mm-hmm. um and she's like amazed that there are all these people from different cultures and income strata that are like great and hardworking and welcoming <laughs> and 
my whole school was full of like assholes. <laughs> like your teachers would even everything. The whole culture mm-hmm. was we're the winners. We do all the productivity, and the rest of society is trying to like eat our cake. And they're lazy, and they, you know, yeah. they, they don't yeah. have what we have because, because they have not working for hard it. enough. Yeah. yeah, yeah, damn. And at my private school in high school, I experienced some of that too. Yeah, and it's scary. Like, or even um, I was jogging around campus like not too long ago, and I heard eight-year-olds playing this game where they're trying to decide who was going by is really from their neighborhood or not. Oh, <laughs> uh, you're not from around here. Oh, this person, yeah, they probably. <laughs> And I was like, whoa, they're little kids. Yeah. yeah. And you know, they, they, I mean, they're just robots. I mean, they get it from their parents and stuff. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's like. They're sponges. Yeah. So. They absorb all that. That's a. Oh my gosh. Especially <laughs> in a world of memorization and regurgitation is not the strategy. And it's all about who, working with different types of people and ideas. Yeah. yeah. Being in a bubble is not. It's not a good thing. Not a good thing. Yeah. yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. That, that's, that's one reason I'm like, I'm all about public schools. Yeah. Like, you know what? I got exposed to all this stuff, like the ghetto culture, you know, and then you meet it like it's like you get everything in there. So I was like, I think that's good for development. Like, you you can know that exists like at home. (laughs) Like that's where people, uh, I think, go wrong, where they they think that the school is going to do everything. And I'm like, you really have to supplement their education at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like. Yeah, so well. I'm going to put them in that to make sure they're not going to go down that bad path. You yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. And then talking about entrepreneurship and schooling. So, like, how, you know, what we're, we're thinking, like, we want our kid to understand entrepreneurship. And we think that they're probably not going to get it from school. No. So we got to do <laughs> yes. that. We got to yeah. do that at home. Make them but so even just, Yeah, even <laughs> just, like... The fact that you're doing it, I think they'll pick it up because that's just the lifestyle that you're already living. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'll put them to work. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you're getting paid. You should. I, yeah. Honestly, yeah. I started working like pretty young. Like yeah. I got a check. Like I had to buy things so that, you know, that gives you good perspective too. Like you have to buy stuff. You know, yeah. Make them it. buy their own stuff. Make Dude. them earn it. Mm-hmm. I bought the first mm-hmm. iPad mini. I remember I had a first How check. old were you? Maybe 13 or 14. Oh, so dope. I wasn't that young. The, the his family's market that was my first job when I was 16 mm-hmm. no probably 17? 17 yeah but and it was because my mom was like no you gotta pay your own stuff <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't have a job so she was like well go get one <laughs> nice mom heck yeah oh man I wish I mean I got a job just cause for have kids <laughs> yeah I think it's the brain thing right like you wanna have yeah. fun mm-hmm. but yeah I get I get whatever I want just parents pay for everything Oh, yeah, I mean, Greg had a, you had, what, a house, a car, and a credit card to yourself, basically? Dang. Oh, so, the, yeah, so this is how, <laughs> so within this the private school land. Good, Carla. <laughs> 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 no, I didn't know. <laughs> I got you. I'm doing CrossFit Jim. <laughs> oh, that's true. Uh, <laughs> got you back. <laughs> I don't know, I think... <laughs> I think when you met me, I just came out from working at a hedge fund. Yeah. You married me and I'm working at CrossFit. <laughs> <laughs> hedge fund? Oh. Yeah. Well, this guy's going win. somewhere. <laughs> this guy's really good at finance. <laughs> you thought. <laughs> so wrong. Oh, man. Uh, what were we talking about? <laughs> something about something. Um, cool. The question, no, what you had, like, what, oh, how life? you grew up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, so I guess, and this was also bad for entrepreneurship for me. 
I think I would have started earlier if my sales and entrepreneurial like endeavors were not just for party money. Like, so, and this is a scary thing too, I think a lot of public school people don't know, is once you get to the private school level, it it goes. Like there, there's a private school in New York that's 120 a year. Jeez. And the parents send their kids there because like the Saudi Arabian royalty sends their kids there and you want to be next to these people in your bunks and stuff. But like, there are all these levels. And so in Longview, which is sort of, you know Longview around mm-hmm. here? Yeah. Sort of like working class town, uh, lots of logging, the aluminum mill and stuff. And the private schools there weren't that great. And so my dad kept his, he was a doctor, he kept his practice in Longview. And two and a half hours north sent us to another private school that didn't have boarding. So instead he bought a house next to the school. But because I was on sports teams and I was like the social chair, all this stuff, I had to stay there on the weekends. So I had a car, this is when I was 15. I had a car, I had a house, and I had a credit card, and it was across the street from the football stadium. And I just partied and like had fun for my whole high school career. I basically, I had college in high school. That's crazy. Damn. That's another yeah. thing, like, and like when people have a lot of money, I feel like their kids are always very, like, uh, like stuff like that. I'm like, my mom would never, like, there's no way. Like, I don't know, it's uh, crazy. No, your mom's right, though. I mean, I was like, like 16 underage clubbing on a Wednesday, like, drunk. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, the key, though, I had to keep getting A's or else, then yeah. they would check into mm-hmm. things. But like you said, as long as you know how to work the system, that's not that hard. <laughs> yeah, it was a total... So I think I was I was very maladaptive that way because I wasn't really... And maybe you have some rich friends like this. Like, they, parents don't really raise them. They just kind of like... Yeah, they're very independent. Like, it's like very much on your own. Yeah. Yeah. And that and one part that's cool because by the time I get to college, everyone's like freaking out and drinking. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, this, this is how you do the drink, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the flip side tender. is, I never got a good appreciation for mentorship or authority because I always saw them as a game to be played. So I was like, this teacher was really trying to help me. Mm-hmm. And I was just trying to get an A out of her. Yeah. And once I yeah. got it, I'd just walk. And it's like, or like, yeah, like basic moral stuff. Like, I think some parenting would have been nice between like ages 13 and yeah, you know, eighteen or whatever. Oh, for sure, mm-hmm. that's yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. I don't know none of that about you. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> we, had, we, had the, we had the cops raid the place once, and oh we lied God. to the cops and had other kids dress up as old people to pick us up. Was, <laughs> what? <laughs> yo, privilege kids get away with everything. Like that's crazy. That's crazy. Other neighborhoods, they were just like even just like for me seeing like you know like you get on an airplane like you're gonna go somewhere and like I'll see like a kid like a twelve year old kid. And they're just sitting alone, and I'm like, like <laughs> where are your parents? Like, who are you with? Like, Yo. what? Like, that's a thing. Like, people would, will just tell, like, the airlines or whatever, like, mm-hmm. oh, they're traveling alone. And then just, like, the flight attendant will come and check on yeah. them. And I'm like, there is no way. Like, the first time I went anywhere on my own, I was going to go visit, I don't remember the timeline. I don't know if this was before, but I was, I think it was when I was going to go visit my sister in Korea. And I was all by myself, and my mom was like dying, like she was so worried, like oh my gosh, she can't like go by 19. herself. Yeah, like so old already. And then like I was freaking out too, like oh my gosh, like I'm all by myself, like and my mom is like going with me, like what's happening? But I'm like I can't even imagine, like on your own, like yeah, that's, your own crazy. House, that's crazy. Yeah, that was yeah, that's all shit show. <laughs> but it was it was fine. I mean, yeah, it worked out. Yeah, and like 
Yeah, you're very independent. You gotta work all that out and actually like focus in school and all that. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to keep partying. Yeah, gotta get good grades. Figured out work life balance. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. Yeah, yeah. There That's are some funny. skills. Yeah, there are or some like, skills. There you go. I'm sure like using that credit card or like managing your own household. That like those are all adulting skills. Yeah, I wasn't like, right, they were, I mean, they knew everything I was doing. So like, mm-hmm. if you swept your credit card here, they know you're in this location and how much you're spending here. So it's like, it's all a whole game. You just yeah. have to stay under the radar. Like, yeah, enough, like, enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't raise that. Yeah. <laughs> Don't raise any red flags. <laughs> Although I got caught actually because the house was cleaner afterwards. And I had such good party guests that in the morning, everyone put everything back. Oh, nice. And they cleaned up the place. But the plants went back to the wrong spots. And, and some of the window thing. screens from people jumping out of the windows were just gone. What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to record this. Yeah, there, was, there were drugs and... Like, you got to throw another party, man. I don't know. And then your mom found out because she's like, this plant wasn't here. And yeah, then this is too clean. And I'm just not I'm just not a clean guy. So it was the place was like flawless. <laughs> That's funny. I think but going back to entrepreneurship, I th- I think the I sense I sense that a, that your listeners should know or at least recognize that wherever they end up, they'll have no idea when they start where that's going to be. Mm-hmm. So like um you know, you're you're talking about your business with your buddy and like it's just weird the way the world works. But in like a year yeah. or two, you'll meet some person. They're like, oh, your your code works well in this thing. And suddenly it's like out of nowhere, you're yeah, doing yeah. some real estate software trucking thing. Like, <laughs> you start out in like doing preschool software. Yeah. Like, I sometimes hear it's a lot of pivoting. Like you just you just kind of go, you have to go with it, see where it goes. Open. Like, yeah, like, hey, actually we can make money in this little thing, but it has nothing to do with the original idea. It's, and then yeah. you take that off. It's so hard. And then the better you get, the more opportunities come. And then it's like, just to even operate for a year in your one or two businesses, you have to say no to probably three businesses a month of other people, maybe like me, who are like, yo, I got this idea and it's good, but you're maybe in follow through mode. And it's like, I can't be in design mode right now, you know? Gotcha. And you're you're holding him to it because he's going <laughs> to love the opportunity. <laughs> That's what causes me all the time. Like, you know, maybe you see this mountain peak and you're the one that's like, okay, there's a snake right here, there's a tree right here, there's a hill right here. Like, you gotta finish climbing the mountain. But once you get halfway up, you might see another peak, and she might say, well, we gotta finish climbing this one. And then that's a big balance in entrepreneurship. Uh, it's like, when you sell, when you when you hold. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When to fold them, when to hold them kind of thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. that makes sense, yeah. yeah. But everyone I talk to, especially the older ones, are like, I had no idea I'd be doing this. Like, zero. <laughs> I mean, cro- no, cro- when I was in my twenties, I was like, no, I'm gonna be like an investor. I'm gonna be uh, I'm CrossFit, and I know what CrossFit was back then. It's crazy. Yeah, that is, yeah, sure. Right. Picturing himself on a yacht, hating oh, everyone. Yeah. Him. <laughs> <laughs> I worked the hardest and the smartest. That's what all investors want. They don't want to make money for their clients. They just want everyone to know they're the smartest and hardest working. <laughs> So now to kind of wrap it up, what advice would you give to couples that are thinking of maybe going into an entrepreneurship route, but are afraid of the impact that it might have on their relationship? You go first. 
<laughs> my, my mind goes straight to finances. Like, make sure that you have that you have a plan for how you're going to keep your household running or how you're going to get support from where you need to get support in order to keep things running. And so if you if you can't jump into it um, completely, then do the, the side the side thing for a while to make sure that that's what you want to do. But that's my, I'm, I am less risky than, mm. than Greg. So that's, that's how, that's like the first thing that I think about. Mm-hmm. Trying to plan everything. Yeah. Trying to plan like where, the security. You, yeah, yeah. How are you going to pay your rent or where, you know, wherever you're like, or are you going to move in with your, with, other Family people or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm, yeah. He's like, that's a good answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man. So, so the question is like, you're a couple, you're looking to do something. Mm-hmm. But they're too scared to take that first step because they're afraid of what it's going to do to their relationship. Yeah. Um. So maybe where you guys were when you were thinking of the doggy daycare. The doggy daycare yeah. <laughs> we weren't in this, we didn't think, think about this that much. Well, we, <laughs> we, we thought that, I mean, our income was gonna go down yeah. for sure. Like, you know, you could slash it half or more than half actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, 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 we thought about that. And I think we, we thought about it in a way where like we were comparing, I don't know if it was back then or maybe more recently where we were comparing like, okay, our M- our MBA friends that are couples are going to be at a different spot than where we're going to be, and we have to be okay with it. Oh, we did talk about that. Yeah, especially in especially in business, because business and balling out status they don't have to be intermingled, but they just it just happens. Like the higher levels you go, um, like the culture of deal making and the culture of business is intermingled with like status and some of the stuff that like, maybe I don't like that much, um, but also we're beholden to it. It's like a communication thing. And so we definitely, especially MBA land, it's more materialistic. People are very open talking about money and bonuses and investing all that. And that, and you inherently compare yourself with your mm-hmm. peers. Hmm. And or it's even like, just trying to keep up. Like even just with him, like our, income is like there's a huge difference between our income and i find myself trying to kind of keep up with like like he'll go out all the time and like i can't afford to go out all the time <laughs> i sound like i got it like, yeah usually gets, like he'll be like i'll just pay for it. but i feel bad <laughs> yeah like but it's like like with friends like if you guys go out but your friends are like on this level of spending and you just want to go out to get drinks. It's like, well, you're going to have to get on their level of spending. Why are we doing? Yeah, we had conversation. <laughs> Do you remember the drinks conversation we had? Like, when, like, hey, we're going to go to this happy hour with our business school friends. Mm-hmm. We're used to getting like, I mean, what, like three, three, four drinks, maybe. Three, four, twelve drinks. <laughs> and we're like, no, we're sticking to one or two. Yeah. And we can't have any more. <laughs> yeah, it's little yeah. things like that, or like, well, like real talk. The reason my essay business didn't work was because of that. I was in, I started it, then got to business school, which, and I even had professors help with it. Like, we were building the design out pretty well. The team was really good. I had folks from like Brown, 
like Middlebury, Johns Hopkins, like all these great editors. But the consulting banking friends were going out a lot Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And I wanted to be popular and be accepted and be validated and hang. And so I went with them instead of working on some high school kids essay or, or cold calling or slanging, right? Mm -hmm. And there were other entrepreneurs who were actually sticking to their guns in business school. So that is so real. Like that feeling of wanting to belong in this group. Keeping up with the Joneses. Keeping up with the, <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Especially, especially in, in America where like image and things, like symbolism is so, has such a strong hold on us. And especially me growing up privileged, like that was a lot of where people's self-worth came from. Mm -hmm. you, know, you respect yourself, your parents didn't like you. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of it's like this weird, I don't know, it's a materialism thing. Yes, it's being okay to, if you do compare yourself to other people, just being know okay that it, yeah, it. being okay with what. When you how, got what they got, yeah. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. yeah. it's not a race. Because you have right. different goals, so understanding yeah. that your goals are different and that's why th things are going to be different when you go out or, or maybe you're not going out. Yeah. I think, yeah. yeah, I think now that we're in it more, it's not as big a problem. Like, I, like my friends, like millionaires, is like, it's great. You hang out with them. Like, I'll let them buy dinner and nice stuff. It's a great experience. And you don't have to feel like, oh, I'm a piece of crap because I'm not, like, balling or anything. Well, sometimes you still do, but. Sometimes you do. <laughs> but, like, yeah. Or you kind of want to return them, like, let me buy it this time, you know? Yeah. Even though mm -hmm. you're making 20 times more than me. Yeah. It's just a, like, gesture kind of thing. And then also I've noticed w within entrepreneurs, it's not as bad. So like if I'm hanging out with like a hedge fund guy, it's like, oh, it kind of feels like a little worse. Yeah. But if you're hanging out with an entrepreneur who's also- They've known the struggle. But they, yeah. <laughs> so they understand. And I think Jay-Z said something. Remember his song, Big Pimpin' or whatever? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So he was talking about like, like showing out, like showing out your accomplishments. Like these are milestones. Mm -hmm. And in an interview, he said that Big Pimpin' is also for the guy who can afford a giant bucket of chicken, sits in the corner and hands it out to someone just because he feels like it. Because he's pimping, he's got that extra chicken. <laughs> so it's like that, you know, and, and Jay-Z's level, like, oh, you come my yacht, yeah. you know, but it's, it's literally the same thing. It's the same thing. It's in the market or the people selling candy outside the schools. You do a little bit more profit, you know, like you improve your business, get a little more like operational efficiency. You are 100% a business entrepreneur, just like Jay-Z. And I think that camaraderie is where entrepreneurs, like, that's where we can really stick together and help each other out. You know, I just, even the guy I follow is like, you know, Gary Vee, he's like, even if I don't become rich ever, he's like, I'm still going to be gunning for it because I love the process of entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. And I remember as a quote, he's like, if I hit pay dirt at 80 and I die at 81 and I made my 10 million in that one year, he's like, it's totally fine and worth it. And as if I made it, I think he first made it when he was like 34 or something. But it, it doesn't matter. Like on the mm -hmm. spectrum of time and like, I mean, you are what you are and you go, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, well, for you that was finances, the answer, right? But yeah, I think what there, yeah, I an there's a lot yeah. of stuff. Yeah, yeah, we talked about <laughs> it. So fin finances, know where your like money's going, and you're talking to each other because like the 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 agreement that we had may not work for other couples. And so yeah, this is coming to an agreement. A, yeah, so yeah. You, you need to talk about it for sure before jumping into something like that yeah. when you're with a partner. So 
yeah, talk about the money stuff. Know that depending on what you're doing and how much you're trying to invest into your business, you may not be going out or doing things that your friends are doing. So you need to be okay with that. Yeah. Or even more, like you might be renting your own place. Yeah. Like, I think it depends. Like, yeah, like I think we know we should do this now. Actually, we should like look at what are you willing to sacrifice and be very clear. Yep. Like mm-hmm. some people, like people go as far as I'll sacrifice my relationship with my parents because my parents are the ones who expect me to be a doctor and all this stuff. And I'm just not going to talk to them for four years, which is so hard for deep family type, like families, mm-hmm. but they do it. And then kind of like you said, the, the parents come around, right? Like when you're like, I think it's Minaj had a bit where he's like, yeah, I've heard something, I'm oh, a piece yeah. of crap for like five years. <laughs> And now I'm making some money and they're like, okay, it's, that's right. <laughs> but he had to go through that period of like, mm-hmm. in order to love your parents later in life, you have to disagree and show and like, just not talk to them earlier in life. Cause otherwise you're going like, to grow older and resent them for holding you back and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm biting that from Gary Vee. So then also like, yeah, like you got to get to a point where they can love you for who you are. And if you're constantly doing things that, they want you to do and you don't that's not that's not real love on like a true connection level right yeah mm-hmm. like they're doing their best for you but it's not the best for you and like you have to tell them either i'm out or your two choices you support me or i'm not gonna talk to you yeah mm-hmm. and that's hard if you love each other i mean yeah yeah and even like some people would say they sacrifice their marriage even so yeah it's, i mean it's yeah that's the level that folks should be talking about I think what we're talking about, like whether to go out or not, like that's a very, we have the luxury that that was our problem, I think. Mm-hmm. I think for a typical entrepreneur. Like, I think it depends on where you're living. Like, I think for us, I think it'd be easy since we're kind of on our own here. If it was back home, it'd be different, right? Because you're with uh, your family the whole time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I don't know. I'm guessing you guys have family out here. You, uh, my dad's out here. Yeah. So. That, we're weird because like. A bunch of family issues, and so I like it was much easier. <laughs> guys. Yeah, but I can see where like good families would be much harder. Yeah, because they have sacrifice all the time, dude. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a good way of putting it. Is agreeing to what you're you're willing to sacrifice. Yeah, that's a because that's a big it, talk because it includes it includes the finances, it includes the relationship, the relationship. Yeah. yeah, so it includes everything. And even just like it. like your day to day like experience like if he's willing to go all in and risk being homeless but you're not (laughs) like then you're on two different pages or Mm -hmm. if he's willing to risk not ever having kids but you're not then that's like two whole different things like yeah that's so real yeah i I think that's the thing entrepreneurship makes force people get real yeah Mm -hmm. yeah that's yeah that's big big talks especially if yeah you have someone with you yeah Oh man, I'm thinking all these talks now we got to have after this podcast. We're gonna, <laughs> <laughs> right. gonna give better advice next time. We're gonna yeah. One thing you should do that we're not doing is you got to think about everything. <laughs> everything. <laughs> but yeah, well, thank you so much for. 
coming and talking yeah, to thanks. us. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thanks for sharing your stories. I think too. it's really helpful. I think this is, our, this is our longest one yet. And it, yeah. It doesn't feel long at all. Yeah, yeah. it went by pretty nice. quickly. It went by quick. Hopefully, if they're yeah. listening, you will. Yeah, go hopefully. For them. Hopefully, it sounds good on your ear. Like, like, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's, that's right. right. Or you'll be dead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, that was too long. Let's cut that out. But um, is there somewhere where anyone can find out more about Tectonic CrossFit if hey, you would like thank to? You. Yeah. Uh, TectonicCrossFit.com. East Vancouver. Awesome. Tectonic, like Washington. tectonic plates. Oh, that's Washington State, yes. Yeah, Vancouver, Washington. Not Vancouver, Washington, yeah. Right. Not BC. <laughs> yeah, and then is there any other things you wanted to... Shout out. Shout out or free advertising? <laughs> oh, no. Nice. Events or... Uh, no, I'll have to give you some. Projects or give you some plugs later. Okay, but, uh, yeah, give it to us later <laughs> if you want. With no, I, been, I love what you guys are doing. Like, I think, I, I think especially in the world where there are no tracks anymore and things change too fast, like there is such a need for knowing about these topics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this is like so worthwhile. It's like mm-hmm. crazy. Hopefully, hopefully our three listeners are. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully they think so too. (laughs) But yeah, and then if you want to find out more about our podcast, it's On Campus with Misty. You can find us on our website. On campuspodcast.com. Yes, or on social media. We have Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, and Twitter, all with On Campus with Misty handles, right? Is that what it's called? (laughs) <laughs> yeah. yeah thank you so much for listening and we will see you next week all or right you'll hear us next yeah week. <laughs> see you um. <laughs>